if you're like really organized, that's one thing in your control. You know, it's, it's out of your control. If your horse pulls a shoe, it's out of your control. If your horse has a stone bruise, there's, there's so many things with horses that are totally out of our control. But like one thing me and Derek really taught me is like, you know, being organized and like having all your stuff completely ready the night before is one thing you can do to help be successful. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans, by eventing fans. And as usual, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Cowboy Magic. Karen, today we have a special guest. Yes, we do. You've seen his super shiny horses out, uh, only at the Olympics. Yeah, and even, even at home. Even at home. And at the AECs as he gets this <laughs> big $30,000 check. Boyd Martin. Hey guys, how are you? Doing good, buddy. Thank you so much. Cowboy Magic, what do you think about those guys keeping your horses? Mate, the, uh, the horses have never been so shiny. I've even look at my hair here, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Got a bit in the shower for myself. Uh, great company and uh, great products. And uh, we're, we're really, really, really happy with their support and, uh, and everything that they've done for our horses. Yep. Yeah, so, great people there. Everyone over there at Straight Arrow. We, you and I visited Straight Arrow in, yeah. uh, in the factory in person. I, great, great experience. Uh, you'd never, you'd never, ever realize what goes into to uh, making shampoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> I did take a couple wrong turns. So we were a little bit late, but uh, you know that's all me. So yeah. thank you, Cowboy Magic, and thanks, Boyd, for sharing in this uh, spot with us. Thank you. Hi guys, I have been browsing the Fairfax and Favor website like I always do, making a list of what I want to get next. And I noticed that they have recently collaborated with designer Sophie Alport, who has her signature B design on the Fairfax and Favor Windsor, mini Windsor and boot tassels. Now the B design is super cute. The B's are the color teal and the boot tassels are a teal suede with a B at the very top, and they are really, really cute. Also, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and Fairfax and Favor has a special on Mother's Day gift packaging. So why not surprise your mom with a blue box with something from the Sophie Alport collection from Fairfax and Favor? If you want to check out this new collection, go to fairfaxandfavor.com. And I'm sure you're going to love it just as much as I do. When it comes to insurance, there's only one person to call to cover all of your insurance needs. Whether it's for your horse, your farm, your home or business, Trish Scott has you covered. Her number is 484-319-8923. Trish was a guest on the show just a few weeks ago. and We were talking about insurance. And after talking to her, it really got me thinking, I am not fully insured. I got insurance, yeah, but I'm not properly insured. Think about this. Do you have tack? Is your horse insured? Is your trailer insured? Do you have rental insurance? If you teach, do you have insurance in case someone gets hurt while you're teaching them, whether on your property or off? These are all some serious, serious things to think about. If you have any questions about if you are properly insured, just give Trish a call at 484-319-8923 to discuss your plan and she'll look it over and she'll tell you if you're properly insured. So give her a ring, 484-319-8923, and tell her Karen and Rob from Major League Eventing sent you. Protect your horse this winter with the Ice Turtle Blanket by Turtleneck. Yeah, each turtleneck has a detachable fleece collar for easy cleaning and a spare parts kit with an extra fleece collar, belly, and rear leg straps. Yeah, so for more information... 
fitting instructions, and temperature guidelines, go to turtleneck.biz for more information, again, on the Ice Turtle Blanket by Turtleneck. Triple Crown Feed. Oh, yeah. Triple Crown. Big fans of Triple Crown Feed. They have tons of of great products out there. Mm -hmm. Premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown Feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. Triplecrownfeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. It Triplecrownfeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have yes. a great feed com- comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. I'm Rob. And I'm Karen. And Rob's super excited about today's guest. I'm very, very excited for our guest, Karen. I know. I couldn't wait for this one. We've known her for a while. Welcome to the show, five-star eventer, Avery Klunick. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be on with y'all. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to see Avery. I I miss that Texas accent. Yeah. You hold a special place in our hearts. You might not know that, but you really do. We are really super fond of you, and uh, you're just one of the sweetest people that we know. And um, we'll get into how we know Avery yeah. a little bit later. Yes, we but, will. So, just we're so excited to finally have you on as a guest. I think the last time we saw Avery was in Kentucky. I think so. Not riding. She wasn't riding, but and we were just started the podcast, and it's like, well, we can't ask Avery on because, you know. <laughs> Well, I feel flattered. I feel like I've I've seen y'all doing the podcast from the beginning and lucky to know Joey well. And so I I feel equally as flattered to get to be on the podcast. So thank you. Oh, super, super. Awesome. And that's so sweet. That's why we love her. So she's so sweet. I know. So, (laughs) So Avery, we can see you via Zoom, but where are you coming to us from? I am actually back in Texas right now. Um, I got called back to work. I work at JP Morgan here. And so I am back in the office. They kind of forced us all back in January 1st. Mm, I've been back in the office. (laughs) Fun fact, I technically work for JP Morgan too. Technically, yes. Technically, kind of. Kind of. In their building. Or coworkers, basically. I, you know, I emailed Avery once and she did not return my email. So just <laughs> oh, for the no. record. It probably went to spam. <laughs> I have a JP Morgan email account. It should have gone to Avery. I was like, I'm hey. glad to know my filter is working, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> she had me. Oh, she met and I worked there and she mixed me. That's okay. We're talking now. I don't hold it against her. <laughs> So, hey, so we, we have a lot to get to today because I'm very excited, Karen. We have lots and lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. But we always like to find out, like you're a five-star rider. You just said that you work for J.P. Morgan. So you have a full-time job. So we have to find out how, you know, how you started and how you made your way, uh, you know, riding and and then holding down a job. And, you know, that, that whole, your, your whole thing. So can you tell us, like, how you got your start and then kind of take us on up to kind of present day a little bit? Absolutely. I, so I grew up in Midland, Texas, which is a really small town in West Texas. Um, and funny enough, it's where Will Fodry's from as well. 
And so I am not from a horsey family at all. Um, my parents don't ride and I have two older brothers. So I kind of grew up as a tomboy and they were trying to find some intense sport to get me plugged into. Um, it was not going to be dance or anything like that. So at some point when I was like five years old, I started asking for riding lessons and, um, I just wouldn't stop asking. And my parents don't even know like where it came from, but basically they agreed to get me riding lessons, knowing nothing about horses. And all I remember is how my dad was like, I just want to be really clear. Well, they tell the story, but I want to be really clear. You're never getting a horse. We're not, we're not getting you a pony. You can, you know, do the once a week lessons thing, but this is not and then of course, you know, a year later I have like a 13 hand Appaloosa pony named Pogo and I'm riding like six days a week. And, you know, I think that the story, a lot of kids have who just fell completely in love with horses and the sport and the community. How about that? Was um, Western, was Western the thing or what, being that you were in Texas? No, that's what's so weird about it. I actually got really lucky to kind of fall into this small barn and like with this coach whose name is Bobo Rowe. Um, and she is, you know, Will Fodry rode with her growing up as well. And she's like a, an accomplished dressage rider. So it was an event barn. Her daughter evented through advanced, you know, from Midland, Texas. So totally just like a luck thing that I fell in with this great barn with like a really good coach, even though I was in a tiny small town. How about that? Hmm. So then how did you, how did you, so clearly you got a good base in your dressage and your jumping and everything like that. How did, did you, did you end up doing pony club or anything like that? Or how did, what went from there? Yeah. So I basically just, I rode from Midland, like all growing up and I kind of, you know, got another pony, then got a horse once I kept growing. And then eventually when I was 14, funny enough, um, I got my five-star horse in it twin it Winston. And so I had him in Midland, which is like, it's so funny after all the barns that I've been to now looking back are, you know, it's a complete desert there. There's literally not grass. There's no trees. It's like sand with like cable fencing. It's so crazy just looking back on it. And I just didn't, you know, I didn't know what else was out there. I had never been to stable view or the Kentucky horse park. So basically road in Midland ended up going to young riders my senior year riding with my Huber, and then went to TCU, which is in Fort Worth, Texas for school, Texas Christian university still had Winston kept riding. And then I kind of wanted to get out a little bit during the summers. And, um, I then started riding with B and Derek DeGrazia on the West coast, um, which was really, it was like a complete kind of game changer in my riding career. Um, they're amazing coaches and super particular. So it was fun. I basically would go there every summer and just get like roasted and get like five lessons a week. And they'd be like, Oh my God, how do you not know this? Like, how do you not know this? I think I was like, I think I totally stressed them out in the time, but they definitely loved it. Um, and then I would like, it was kind of this joke. So I would go to them for the whole summer work on all, you know, as a working student, and then I would go back to school. I basically, after my last final every year, I would like have a final and I would drive myself to California, be there the full summer. And like the day before school started, drive myself home and like go to school the next day. Wow. Oof. No wasted, it was no wasted crazy. moment. No, no, no day of vacation straight to straight to work and riding straight to, yeah, straight to riding. And that's kind of how it always was. Like I was lucky that I, 
was introduced to them my senior year because of high school. I went out to do Galway Downs to qualify for young riders. And um, my coach had appendicitis from Texas and her daughter had ridden with B and Derek. So she basically called them and said, would you be willing to teach this random kid from Texas? And I don't even know why they said yes, but luckily they did. Um, And then they just like, couldn't get rid of me. You know, I was that like clinger who just called them and was like, can I please come ride with you this summer? They're like, I don't know how we say no. So I guess so. And then I just kept coming back. I literally just kept, they couldn't get rid of me. They couldn't shake me. Um, And then I ended up taking a semester off junior year of college and riding with them like that whole summer, or I guess it was that whole spring and summer. And then that's when I did my first four long at Bromont, um, which was obviously like a big, you know, a big stepping stone. And then basically after that summer, I, Derek, well, I guess maybe it was the next summer, but Derek was kind of like, it's time for you to go to the East coast and you should ride Boyd, ride with Boyd Martin. Um, so yeah, he told me to ride Boyd and I literally, I still can't believe I did this. I just like called Boyd. Like, I think I like Googled Boyd Martin, found his phone number and I like called him. I was like, Hey, this is Avery Klunick. I am from Texas and I have a horse qualified for Kentucky. Like, can I come work for you? Um, and I think he was like, um, like, let me get back to you. I've, you're like, I've no idea who you are. And then, yeah, I mean, then he like calls me back and he's like, yeah, you can work for me, which is so funny because it's truly like, you think that these people would never, that you could never go work for them. It's a total unattainable thing before you've done it. Um, so it was hilarious to me. I think in that moment that I was like, wow, that was a lot easier than I thought. Like <laughs> I didn't even have to like go through all these rigorous interviews. Like I'm going through for these other jobs. So it worked out. I basically graduated from TCU in December of 2015 and then went like same thing. I just like drove straight to Aiken, South Carolina to meet up with Boyd and the Windura crew. And I went to Kentucky that spring. And that's so it all met. worked. That's I mean, we met Avery. Yes. That's where I met y'all. Absolutely. How about that? So I'm trying to think was, so Joey, that Avery message is mm-hmm. our youngest son and he, he works for Boyd. Was he full time then or was he still weekends? Was he still like in no, school? He, he was still in school. No, I think he was like 17. You're aging me here. <laughs> um, but no, he, he worked. I remember the first time I met Joey was that summer. So he worked for Boyd, like the summer of high schools. And so when we got back to, or I guess that spring on the weekend. So when we got back to Pennsylvania in March or April, Joey was there. Yeah. yeah. So Joe worked every weekend mm-hmm. and then days off from school and then in the summers mm-hmm. full time. So same type of thing. You would A never great think. foot soldier. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's where, you know, so that's how we met you. Cause obviously before, uh, uh, you know, we, just we knew the whole Windora crew. Right. And um, you were always so nice and you had the best horses. Your Winston was the sweetest horse. And uh, I don't I remember you, you could, couldn't you, you had two horses there and then you could, couldn't you pony your one horse bareback from Winston? Yes. I literally would like ride Winston bareback out to the field and pony army. <laughs> who was my other horse, which was, and that's what was so fun about it. It's just, he was like a total Winston was like my kids, my kid horse, you know, I got him when I was 14. So he tolerated me so well. Um, and was just so kind to me and like, you basically let me ride him bareback all the time. You had to go through like the cross country and everything to go to your, to go to your pasture. Right. 
Oh yeah. It was like a 10 minute hack, <laughs> but he's, I mean, that's what I mean. That's what was so weird about him. You could throw a halter on him and like, literally you could go hack him around and do whatever. But once you, once you were tacked up and leaving the Starbucks, it was a very different horse. That is so, so it was great. very fun. Yeah. I remember when you showed up, I remember it was kind of like, okay, Hey, I'm gearing up for, you know, we're gearing up for Kentucky and this is kind of Kentucky boot camp, And, um, so it was so fun to then watch that progression. I mean, we knew you were already obviously a top rider to be qualified and everything, mm-hmm. but then to see you on the big stage and doing it and just eating it up, it was incredible. So now, um, could you tell us a little bit about Winston? He, he ultimately d- died shortly after Kentucky, right? What, what all happened? Yes. Yeah, he did. Um, it was really sad. Obviously he, you know, I'd had him for a really long time. And after Kentucky, he just started having stomach problems. And it was, it, you know, it, I don't know what caused it, but basically he called several times, like pretty severely in late May and then in June. Um, and then he, we ended up having to go in for surgery. He, you know, it looked like he maybe had an impaction somewhere. And basically they opened him up and he had like horrible cancer. He had like a football sized mass and like polyps all over his abdominal cavity. Um, So it was a, like, it was a, he was luckily at new Bolton, which is such an amazing clinic. And they were basically like, we can remove all sorts of things and we can probably make him live for six weeks. And then he's going to die. You know, something he, this is like, we cannot really restructure his stomach to work the way that it should with how much of it is damaged from his cancer. So it was obviously, you know, it's so the ultimate of life, like the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. I was on such a high. I just completed my first five-star. I was working for Boyd and just like in the most amazing program, learning so much with this awesome horse. And then he you know, was gone one day. It was incredible. So very, definitely like very heartbreaking. Um, it was so like, I was totally destroyed over it for like two years. Wow. Two Mm. years. Holy smoke. It was sad. I was definitely really sad. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, you know, I don't know. I think it's easy sometimes to think, Oh, these five-star riders or horses are, you know, they have barns full of horses and, and, and you know, and they're just a number or, or whatever next horse up, but they're not, you know, it, you know, they're your best friends. So they really are. I think even for, you know, even if you have five of them, I think, you know, Boyd, the Boyds and the Phillips, I know they love their horses a lot. And so it's definitely really hard, especially in, you know, this modern day and age when you can't even, you know, when you can't save them. Like you can't even, there's, you know, if you can't even give them a happy retirement in the field, because that's obviously how we want all of them to end their career is sound and happy and hanging out. Yeah. Is it fair to say that he, he had that while he was going around Kentucky and it just wasn't big enough to affect them or. I would say that that probably didn't. Yeah. I would say it probably didn't just develop in like that two month period, but who knows wow. like leading up to Kentucky he was very healthy. He was definitely thin, like at Kentucky, you know, and we were kind of fiddling around with his grain at seeing what supplement. And, but he's just, he's a, he was a New Zealand thoroughbred, you know, he ran so lean that that was kind of a common thing for him to be 
nervous and going on and off of his food when we're getting, you know, traveling for big shows and stuff. So it, we, I didn't think that anything like that was going on, obviously. Um, so, and you guys, what'd you guys place in Kentucky? You guys did really well, right? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I think we were in the like top half or maybe top third. I, mean, I don't even know. For your first time. That's yeah, amazing. I know. That's incredible. He, it was great. I mean, he's, he was a complete freak. Yeah. He was so fun. I mean, going around cross country, he was, it was literally the best cross country round I've ever had. He was just so game. I'm so lucky. You know, I'm so lucky that I had that experience on him getting to do my first five star. It's my, I'm like so grateful. And one of my favorite videos of you and Winston <laughs> is the one at the USCA championships when you lost your bridle and you oh my God. on him <laughs> to put it back on. That video like haunts me. I mean, <laughs> people who I work with now, like it, I think anyone who ever Googles me like professionally or in the horse world it sees that video and they are like, what happened here? Like, what does this mean? What was going on? Like, I, you know. So funny. And again, I mean, what a horse, yeah. like bridle falls off. I'm like loping around the ring and he stops and I, he lets me like reach up his whole head and put, <laughs> put on my bridle. I mean, he, a saint, yeah. I can't, but like, he should have just bucked me off. <laughs> <laughs> like he should have like, that was deserved. You just epically missed your distance. So you're not going to put the bridle back on today, <laughs> but you know, being his true self, always forgiving stood there like a pony and just let me throw the bridle back on and finish the advanced show jumping course. Yeah. Well, That's I think amazing. that he, I think obviously people who are listening know how sweet you are. And I'm sure that he loved you back as much as you loved him. And he did, he wanted to take care of you, you know? So <laughs> get her he definitely <laughs> loved me. Exactly. No, he definitely loved me. It was, yeah, I'm, I was definitely lucky with how much he did take care of me i remember in that uh, in that aec show especially (laughs) yeah that was cool so after the you know boyd you stayed for a bit longer and then you kind of moved on so where where have you been since yeah um so i guess after winston passed away that was a pretty big uh point in my life of kind of coming to the realization of you know if i wanted to ride professionally i would need to be financially supporting myself. My parents had been extremely generous up to that point and had kind of made it clear, look, you have a finance degree from a great school and you're really smart. So you're going to be able to figure this out. Um, so after he passed away, it was, it, that kind of changed. Like my financial backing changed and I had another horse, um, he would, I guess, then two star horse. Now he, you know, new level three star horse who was a really nice horse, but who wasn't going to be a five star horse. He was like super happy doing three stars and probably would be an advanced horse. So I actually decided to kind of take a step away from like Boyd's in the East coast and just figure out what I wanted to do. And in that time I went back to Carmel, California to be in Derek's and I actually sold Army to this amazing amateur lady out there. And um, and then I kind of, I, I was teaching. So after that, I went back to Texas or, and I was teaching a ton of lessons. Like I was just trying to figure out what to do. And that was really fun. I enjoyed it. Like I actually love teaching and I still teach now on the weekends. And I have a couple students, but I just 
I realized that I like had a strong desire to be able to financially support myself and have a horse. Um, and I just wanted to try it. Like I wasn't ready to just say, okay, I'm going to go be a professional. Cause I, I thought I was kind of at that pivotal point of, I was maybe like 23, which it's hilarious looking back now at that pivotal point, you're 23 years old. It's like, okay, chill. <laughs> you could totally have done whatever you wanted for like another five years. No one would, it wouldn't matter. But I put a lot of pressure on myself to like find the next thing. And so I actually met this lady in Aiken. So I go to California in the fall, go back to Texas for a little bit. And then I end up going back out to Aiken that winter to just, again, like ride for people, do some odd jobs. And I went to dinner and met this wonderful lady. Who's kind of like my mentor now, Kathleen Sullivan, who works at Morgan Stanley rides competitively. And she was basically like, you're really, a." (laughs) so I was at dinner with her totally hitting it off. And she is like, you're really aggressive. And like, like in a compliment way, she was just kind of saying that as a good thing. She was like, you're aggressive. You should be in wealth management. Like, that's what I do. I think you could totally do this job. Um, you're, you know, you have the, you have the education to do it. Like you should do it. So I basically then proceeded to like cold call these Morgan Stanley's Um, and I got employed by them hilariously. I think I just like talked my way into it completely. And yeah. And so then I got employed by them, was back in Texas. And at this point, not riding really a lot. I was still teaching and would like, you know, I'd be riding like clients horses, but I just didn't have, I didn't even really want a horse of my own right then because I just needed to figure it out. And when I look back on that period of time, it feels like, oh, I didn't have a horse for like five years, which is so funny because I mean, this is 20, like I went to Kentucky in 2016. I think this is like 2017. And then I got my horse that I have now, Pisco Sour that fall. So I look back and I'm like, oh, I didn't ride for like at least a decade. It's like, no, you didn't (laughs) ride for like nine months. Um, And that whole time I, all I wanted, like my whole motivator at work was like, I really want a horse. Like I'm dying to be riding. I can't, you know, I was like, it was so different what I was doing. Then I was sitting in an office. I was like cold calling. Literally I was cold calling like a hundred people a day, which is so funny. Um, and it like all worked. Like I was, you know, it ended up working out and I'm now still working in wealth management and, um, you know, I have my horse. And so I was in Texas for a while and then basically because of COVID, I've been able to have this amazing experience of like gallivanting all over. So spent some time in Aiken and taking lessons with Boyd again. And like when actually went up to Pennsylvania. Um, so remote work, like I, you know, my horse was actually for sale, I guess in this, in the winter of whatever, whatever winter, right before COVID would that have been like 2019, like January of 2019. I I forget. I think think we all do. Yes. Yes. That would have been right. Yeah. So I was, I had kind of hit this point in my career. I'd switched companies and was at JP Morgan and working, you know, really long hours. And I was like, I don't have to, you know, he was about ready to go preliminary. And I just didn't feel like I had the time to put into it. And so I was heartbroken, but I kind of accepted that I was going to have to focus on my career for a couple of years and not ride. And so I actually sent him out to Aiken um, to be sold. And then COVID happened and like my whole life completely changed. So it, 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 it opened time up for you. It did. 
And I think that's hard because it, it has obviously been a, a super difficult time for so many people. Um, and for like it in my, you know, working situation, it just added this level of flexibility that we didn't have at all. So prior to COVID, I couldn't work remote at all. It was kind of in the office, really long hours. Um, and yeah, so we went fully remote. I mean, for, I guess, oh, you know, two years, pretty yeah. much, almost. Yeah. And uh, so, and then you, you ultimately went overseas, right? What? I did. <laughs> so you yeah. really went remote. I mean, I, I, I really took this remote work thing to a little too far. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I did. I basically, so again, like I was out in Aiken and I, Pisco was going really well. And, um, that was like the first winter, I guess the first winter spring of COVID. And then I went up North that summer and fall. And I kind of was talking to Boyd about, okay, this, you know, he's done a, he's doing two star level. Well, like is Le Leon an option? I, I, and it's funny. Cause I kind of had that in the back of my head when I bought him that I would love to do Le Leon, but I also was like, there's no way you have a job like there. That is just not going to happen. So it's weird. Cause I did have that always in the back of my head with him that I would love to do it, but I kind of thought that it wouldn't happen. So yeah. So it was like the spring of, you know, and this is what's crazy. It wasn't even a year ago that I said to Boyd, you know, I really want to go do this. Should I go do it? And he was like, yeah, you absolutely should. And then he said, you know, we were talking about who should I go base with? Cause I'm on, you know, I wasn't going to be working for someone because I was going to be working on us hours. So I, I would be like a client. And so he, you know, sent me to one of his very best friends, Kevin McNabb, which funny enough, whenever I worked for Boyd in 2016, like post Kentucky, he took Cracker Jack to Lemulin, and I was the only person working for him who had a passport. So I went as his groom, which was like one of the most fun experiences of my life. Like I love Boyd and Silva and it was so fun. And, but, you know, we kind of show up and I was staying at this certain place in Lemoulin, Germany for the couple of days before the event. And then Boyd's like, oh yeah, sorry, mate. I don't know, you know, where you're going to be staying for the event. And I was like, ha what do you mean? And he was like, oh, well, I don't know. Like, I think we just have lodging for you before, but, uh, and I was like, okay, we'll figure this out. So I ended up staying with the McNabs, like sleeping on the floor of their lorry in the horse part for like the whole five days of Lemulin. And so I actually like got to know them really well. And some of, and their girl had girl Lucy, um, like five, you know, whatever, six years prior. Wow. That's so funny. <laughs> it's crazy. Oops. Hey, yeah. Sorry. Things, things come up. <laughs> we found you on the floor. <laughs> I know. And that's why it's so funny. Cause it was like, you know, my time working with Boyd, like that stuff doesn't stress me out at all. Like, oh, sorry, you're in Germany, um, but, you know, you'll be fine. Just like, I'm sure there's definitely plenty of people here who you can stay in their lorry. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, no problem. Like, I was completely unconcerned. It was, it was just funny. That is funny. <laughs> and it, I mean, it worked out. Like, I was, I already knew the McNabs and that just made it so much more comfortable to call Kevin and be like, hey, I'm that random girl that slept on the floor of your lorry. And it was so funny too, because yeah, at Lemoulin, like they were so nice and I loved hanging out with them. And in my head, even when I was there, I was like, Oh my gosh, it would be so fun to come base with them again, thinking that will never happen. 
So there were so many points, like when I look back of thinking that will never happen. And then it has happened, which is really neat. That is neat. That's really cool. (laughs) So how was, how long were you over there with the McNabs? So I, I was over there like May through November. Okay. Uh, So I don't even know how long is that? Six, seven months. Yeah. Yeah. It was per, I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was like one of the best experiences of my life for sure. They're like, they're amazing people, amazing coaches and super close knit. Like we would all have dinners at their house together and stuff like that. It's just very like the Australian family type thing, which was so much fun. And they tolerated my like crazy schedule because as I, you know, when I was over there, I was working on American hours. So I worked from like 2 PM UK time until like, midnight or 1am sometimes like 3am if we were getting blown up at work um and weirdly like that sounds so crazy but it really wasn't bad um like it worked totally fine it but it did add a level of like you know on a friday if we were going to a one day on saturday i could have to work until like 2am on a friday night and then we'd be getting up at like 3 30 to go to a one day so it added definitely a level of stress to the experience. Um, but it was like, again, I think I was just so grateful to be there, grateful to be going to those events and like getting really good help and learning so much the whole time that I didn't even care that I was like so sleep deprived. I think I was a zombie. <laughs> oh my you just go with the punches, no matter what it is, you just seem to kind of <laughs> roll with it. And, you know, I think attitude has so much to do with the outcome, you know, like, like a lot of people would stress out, Oh, there's no accommodations. What do you mean? And they would freak out. And then boom, you know, if, if you say, all right, well, we'll figure it out. No problem. And then when you figure it out, it's like, cool. Mm-hmm. Same with this. Like, all right, I know I got to work, but you know, we'll work it out. We'll roll with it. And I think that that's the difference between letting that stress blow you up versus you know, rolling with it and just shrugging your shoulders and saying, but Hey, I'm over here. And you know, Living the dream. I completely agree. Like it's, I know my mom always said that she's like, have an attitude of gratitude. And you know, when your parents say that you roll your eyes, but I really did feel like that. I feel like that. Like, I feel like I really was just grateful to be there. And I'm still, when I think back, like, so a year ago, I wasn't even there, which is so crazy because I feel like so much has changed in the last, I feel like it was five years ago that I you know, that I made this whole plan. So your concept of time is a little off. (laughs) My concept of time is so off. I know in my head, I'm like 50. Yeah, I was going to say, if you add up all the time, the the 10 years not riding, the the five years ago with the Mavs. I'm not dramatic at all, right? (laughs) (laughs) So so Uh, uh, what what competition did, did you get to everything that you wanted to do over there? I did. I really did. Um, it was so, there were so many competitions and basically I kind of got there and just, we got right to it. And it was lucky because Kevin had several horses that he was aiming for Le Leon. And then his head rider is this Australian Bella English who also had a six-year-old going. So I kind of, it was similar to my experience at Boyd's, you know, I went to Boyd's and I, I was prepping for Kentucky and he had three horses going to Kentucky that year. So I got to just roll along with Boyd and go gallop, take my horse to Canter with Boyd's horses. And you, it's a totally different experience when you're rolling in the, you know, with someone like that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it was right. When I got to England, Kevin was just 
really helpful with my schedule. And we went, you know, we did some events in the UK and then actually we traveled abroad. That's what they call it. They say we're traveling abroad to the continent. The continent is like Europe. It's like this funny thing. Um, so we went to the continent a lot and I'm not really a lot, I guess, actually we only, we went to Haradapan, Haradapan, which is a big event in France, in Normandy. I think that's actually where the WEGs were. Oh, okay. okay. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah. So I did like, I did a three short there. Um, I did Mill Street in Ireland wow. and then I did Le Leon in France again. So it was like. And it's so crazy because when, you know, when you're based in the UK, you literally like going to Ireland or something like that, you like drive to the ferry, ride the ferry, and then you're all of a sudden in another country. It's a very different experience than traveling here um, in the US. So it was crazy. We, We fit so much in. Yeah. What 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 was the the eventing like there? Like did did you was there much different? If there was something that you would say, wow, besides the travel, like were the competitions much different, or the attitude, or the the people, like, or was it pretty similar if, as the U.S. I think that um, it's it's a it's different there because a lot of the events are one days, which is obviously a different feel. I know we have some of those in the U.S. and then for the FEIs everyone stays in their lorries, you know? So if you're going to Mill Street for like four or five days, you're all staying in the lorry in the lorry park, um, which is, it's just really fun. So there's a ton of like, everyone is barbecuing and hanging out. And it was really fun for me because it was how I got to meet so many people. Um, And I, I, I mean, I just had such a good experience. I thought everybody who I met was super nice and welcoming and, Um, the events were like very technical. I think the courses were technical and I think there's a lot of technical courses here in the U S as well. Um, so overall it's, it's interesting. I think too, how, like one of the things that seems quite different there and people kind of have their schedule of, I want to do this big FEI. And then it's like working backwards, which I think we do here as well, but it's, it's a little bit more, people are less concerned with results at the one days. The one days are like looked at very much like practice. Um, like the, some of the really good horses at the one days will have like 25 time vaults or have like a rail or two and, and used as more of like a schooling exercise of getting in the ring, which I thought was really refreshing of just being really structured around which events you know, which event is the super important event and using your other events to truly prep your horse as best as possible for that. And if that means that you're winning going into cross country, which I never was, but if you are, you sometimes would still have a lot of time because that would mean your horse would come out better at the next event, which is the more important event. So I thought that was really refreshing. It's, it's obviously extremely competitive there. Um, but people there, there's, I felt like there was more structure around picking the events that you really want to win. And then even if you were winning something, it was like, you know, Kevin, people stuck to the plan of this is, this event is an event where I'm going slow. Cause my horse will come out more rideable at the next event, which is more important than winning this. Gotcha. Hmm. How about that? Yeah. Well, that's, that's very, that's cool. really cool. I do like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, uh, that's really cool for sharing that. That's really cool. So how did Leigh Leon go? 
it went really well. Um, it was, it was so fun. The crowd, I mean, the crowds were insane. It was, it was such a great experience. Um, it's different riding like a seven-year-old at a, you know, at a three long, they're just a little, like my horse, I would say in particular Pisco is he's a really great horse, but it was definitely a lot for him, um, in terms of just like strengths and come, you know, competing at that level, he was so good, but it, you know, I like the rideability on cross country. I went really, really slow just to kind of have a clean go of it. And, um, I think going into it, I was realistic about, you know, being competitive. It's so, it's so competitive there that I was kind of realistic about my, just, I wanted to go and have, make it a really good experience for my horse and make it to where he would come out even better as an eight-year-old and be competitive, you know, hopefully this year be more competitive at the three-star level and just be really confident. And that's what I feel like it was. I mean, it's pretty amazing to be able to take a six-year-old or a seven-year-old to an environment like that, where there's 40,000 people, you know, on cross country, it's truly like a, it's almost like a Kentucky and this, you know, the grandstands are full for dressage and show jumping, which it's just really great to get them in that electric environment. Heck yeah. Mm -hmm. So what is, so you're back in the States. We're called you back. Uh, what are the plans for Pisco yourself? What are you guys, what, what, what's the, what's the current plan for, and the future hold for you now? Yeah. Well, great question. Um, I, so Pisco is still in the UK. He is actually with another good friend of mine, Tiana Kudre, who has been based in the UK since, 2010, you know, she, or I guess 2011, she did the London Olympics there and has a yard there. And she helped me source him from the Monarch sale. So my plan was always after Le Leon, go take these, go to her yard, give him, a, you know, eight weeks off in a field and then have her bring him back into work and just do some flat work on him. And, um, you know, I guess TBD, I, at that point I was like, he's coming home, you know, back to the U S but so here is the surprise for y'all. I am actually planning to go back to the UK next month um, with, funny enough, Tammy Smith. I'm planning to fly over with my bomb. I'm going to be his personal assistant that week while Tammy's competing at Kentucky. I'll just make sure my bomb keeps ticking over in the UK, which will be quite fun. Um, and I'm actually going to take a break from my job and apply to grad school in the UK and Europe to try to extend my stay over there as much as possible. Wow. Breaking news, wow. Karen. Ding, ding, ding. I know. Breaking <laughs> news. Break. You, you heard break? it here first. <laughs> <laughs> we got all the scoop. Look at that. Avery was saving that news just for us. She was. Look at that. She was. I know y'all have. Yeah, I really was. Just till the end. I wanted to drop that bomb on y'all. <laughs> <laughs> my bomb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So here, yet again, things just work out crazy because just out of the blue, Karen said, let's get Avery on. Mm -hmm. And then here you got this big news coming, right? Perfect timing. So perfect timing. everything works out just perfect. That's awesome. It really does. It's weird. It all just works out the way it's meant to. So now, so, so you get to go, so you're going to fly over with my bomb, ride him, keep him going. I guess, you know, do all the things to keep him kind of tuned up. And are you going to? stay with him all the way through the event or are you just his, his rider while Tammy's uh, doing Kentucky? 
I think TBD on that, Tammy has an awesome broom, Bridget, who went with her to Tokyo, who I, I think the plan is that Bridget will come to badminton. Um, Tammy's just known me for, Tammy knew me when I was like a really disorganized young writer. So I think, um, the, you know, I think she'd probably get very stressed thinking of me grooming for it a five star. And we were actually chatting the other day and I was like, no, I'm different now. Like I'm so organized. I'm always on time. She's like, I just, I don't know that I believe it, but so it's, it's so funny. Cause I'm like, I really am. I promise you. That but is the Tammiest thing to say. I could totally hear Tammy say, I just don't know if I can believe you. I just don't know. I know if that's what I love. At least she's honest. She's like, no, you're right. definitely not as organized as Bridget. I'm like, okay, well, I wasn't putting myself in Bridget's league. I was just saying I'm more organized than I was when I was 14. Tammy right. does not mince words. That's for sure. Uh, what are the chances <laughs> that you're going to hide my bomb from Tammy? Like kind of. Oh. Oh, oh, so high. <laughs> I think Tammy can I mean, take yeah, you. I'm pretty sure she's getting my bomb. <laughs> yeah, t- Tammy would definitely hunt me down for my bomb. Let's be real. <laughs> she would have like the SWAT team in. <laughs> she's, a, she's a one one person SWAT team herself. I would not mess with Tammy Smith. She is. Uh... I know. I'm. I'm definitely excited to get to be a part of that trip for her. As you know, with that horse. Who? It's funny because I grew up riding with Alex Ahern whenever Alex was competing my bomb on the West coast. Um, and I like actually competed against him a little bit on my five-star horse when Alex was riding him. So I've gotten to see him since like 2014, wow. which, so it's just really cool that I, you know, that I'm going to get to hopefully go to, you know, go to England with him and hack him on the, hack him through the English countryside and see Tammy compete him at badminton. Oh, that's exciting. Why is she doing air quotes when she says hack, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Gallop him. Just kidding, Tammy. Don't listen. So, tell, okay. So, that's the My Bomb info. And then you're going to go, okay. So, now do you have like a, I know you had a lot of TBD in there, but is there, do you have a base yet? Do you, and, and have you applied to school or is it just going to go and apply and it'll all fall into place? Well, I, yeah, I think the latter at this point, I am kind of trying to just get all my ducks in a row. So I won't be going to school until the fall of 2023 because most of the business schools there have like fall admission. Um, and so it'll be really nice. I think I'm just going to be focusing on the riding this fall. What, what season are we in this summer and fall? Um, and I plan to be back with the McNabs and then uh, just see kind of what this season brings. I would love to do some three stars and just keep just working on my riding and getting better and learning as much as I can. And I'm really looking forward to not having this super stressful job and, you know, I'll have more time hopefully to ride and enjoy England and go to some of the other big events like Bramham and Burley. And just, I'm really looking forward to having having some time on my hands to just see it all, take it all in. That's exciting. Mm. Well, I got to be honest. I think Karen knows this, that I really want you to be a professional because I really (laughs) think that you, and and I think Karen knows this. I think Karen agrees Mm -hmm. that we, we feel just, it's our opinion, Avery, that we really wish you were a full-time rider because we think that you're one of the most talented riders we know. And we know a lot of riders. Yes, we do. And Avery, y'all know all the riders. 
listen, when you have that's a, why you had me on here. You wanted to put me on the spot like this. <laughs> Intervention time. Come on, Rob. <laughs> but we do mean well, we'll it. See. We think that you are an ext- we really have always been huge fans of mm-hmm. yours. We've always admired your writing. Um, you make it look so easy up there. And then the fact that you're technically not a professional like and and the way you kind of tell your story it's just kind of yeah i floated around and everyone fixed what was wrong with me you know um <laughs> i can only imagine I, I would love to see your ride today because i can only imagine after that much more time and all that so you just have two very huge fans in us and we we think team usa could really use an avery clinic <laughs> you know what i mean Karen? yeah that's well it. that's really kind of you <laughs> and you listen, never know you never know what's going to happen and I judge Texans at a whole nother level. Yes. You know what I mean? so they... <laughs> we deserve it. <laughs> judge us harshly, honestly. <laughs> well, it's not so much Texans. It's Cowboy fans. Yeah. You're no Cowboy fan, are you? Not really. Mm, that was a yes. <laughs> no, I'm an Eagles fan, Rob. Come on. Are you really? Uh, for this hour, I am. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> I gave that to Jimmy Schramm. And then Jimmy's like, my uncle played for the Cowboys. I'm like, ah, I guess <laughs> you're Jimmy off the Sherman hook. Jimmy Sherman was like, I am definitely a Cowboys fan. <laughs> you're definitely. A I'm Cowboys not fan? not loyal to the. Oh no, I'm saying Jimmy Schramm is definitely a Cowboys fan. Yeah, and I love her too. So, <laughs> my whole my whole theory of not liking Cowboy fans is going out the window. Uh, I know it is. <laughs> I know it's really yeah. It's not standing up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to question my. Uh, my my i don't know what's the word i don't know but you just need to meet more texans rob you know you'll love them all you know that's the thing i probably would love texas it's just this doggone cowboys used to beat up on the eagles when i was a kid and i never let it go (laughs) you're still bitter (laughs) (laughs) there's certain things i can't let go i'm talking tom landry i'm talking troy aikman here you know but oh well oh well all's better now the cowboys stink now so it's all good (laughs) So I know. So you should so it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th- I think it's funny because uh, Boyd wears the Eagles hat. Like there was this a picture of him from the other day. It was snowy in PA, and he's wearing an Eagles hat. And for the longest time, he commandeered Joey's Eagles hat mm-hmm. and was like, "Oh, there's Joe's Eagles." Hat. <laughs> it's like kind of funny, but he's a, he's a fan when he needs to be, right? Now I think Boyd's he tries to get her like a game a yeah. year. I think he's I think he's a true Eagles fan. I think he's legit, you know. I remember once He's a pretty he, much a local Pennsylvanian now. I think yeah. he would be an Eagles fan. Yeah. That I mean I think the predominant accent in Cochranville right now is it's Australian. Australian. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. They've taken over. They are taking They're over. taking over England too. They're just taking over the eventing world. Yeah. Good, good, hearty people. Yeah. I like them. Yeah, very much. So. Well, that's super really exciting. For, and then your 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 masters. You want to be in business or finance again, or? Yeah, just an MBA. Gotcha. I'm not exactly sure where I'll concentrate, or you know, I'm kind of looking forward to having a chance to go back and and reset and figure out what exactly in business I want to do post grad school. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. I'm glad you don't run my retirement. I checked my retirement today. I'm down about 30 grand the past three months. So it's killing me. Oh my gosh. I'm glad I don't too, because you'd be one of those people who called me every day. No. Being like, should I sell? No, 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 no. no. We're buying, we're buying on sale right now. We're buying on sale. We're buying on sale. Okay, good. (laughs) Believe it or not, my, my, you'll buy on sale. My guy who handles my stuff, I probably should call him more because, well, 
we don't need to have that conversation. Yeah. I talked to him. <laughs> I talked to him three times now in 20 years I've been with him. So three times in 20 years. You should definitely been. talk to him once a year, at least yeah. probably like four times a year. Yeah. I, uh, but every time I talk to him, he, I call him cool. And then I get off the phone and I get more anxious. He, he drives me bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he loves you. If you talk to him three times in 20 years. Yeah. Yep, he still gets the fees, but anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, a conversation for another day. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But I definitely not the guy who calls and harasses. I mean, I get it. You, you, you know, you buy. You, I get it. At the market's what it is. So, um, that's cool. So, well, I think we're all caught up on. I, I think so. On the latest and the greatest with the breaking so. news. Yeah. So Avery, you know the show. We're gonna play quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> and Quick Fire Questions is brought to you by Turtleneck. Get your premium horse clothing by going to turtleneck.biz. Check them out the next time you need a, a horse blanket. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Excellent, excellent. All right. A Texas guy. A Texas guy owns that company. Texas company. It is. Okay, Turtleneck. I need to check them out. Yeah, yes. absolutely. going to Google. Yes. yes, absolutely. Okay, so five questions. Who was your favorite rider growing up? Phil Dutton. Okay. Big Phil. Big Phil. Cannot. I love Philip and Cannot. Yeah. Hey, what's not to love? <laughs> right. All right. If your horse was a celebrity, who would he be? Oh, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite event to compete at? Rebecca Farm. Okay. That's get that one a lot. All right. If eventing was not an option, what other riding discipline would you want to do? It would have to be show jumping because definitely not dressage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last question. If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Luke 140. Excellent answer. Very good answer. Did you get the chance to ride him when you were over at Boyd's at all? Or? He, no, he wasn't there yet. But I love watching Boyd ride him. I feel like Luke is just like, he loves it. You can just see the expression in his eyes that he's like eating it up. Yeah, it sounds like he's the secret weapon just yeah. waiting to be unleashed, yeah. you know? Well, he was almost at the games yeah, and then had to pull that out. I, so. did you, I know. I feel like he's going to be an exciting horse for the future for sure. Did you hear the story when he first rode him in the U.S. in front of the, uh, the owners? Yeah, didn't he get bucked off? <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think I saw him shortly after that, and he was, like, limping around because he'd been, like, trying to do a medium trot and just got lawn darted. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. He actually yeah. told that story on the show the first time he yeah. was on, which was, which was, he tells it, you know, of course, he tells it very funny. Um, he's <laughs> like, oh, I'm up story. there, I'm like, look at this trot. And next yeah. thing, like, <laughs> he's planted, you know. Oh, and then I was on the ground. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, do you have any All funny stories there, to tell me. about Joey? Any, any, anything to tell? No, I shouldn't do that. That's not fair. That's not. No, fair. No, <laughs> she knows Joey very well. How you? Would you say you know Joe pretty well? You know Joe fairly well, right? Yeah, I definitely know Joe really well. Oh, don't. Um, she taught him how to back up the the big trailer. Is that right? I feel like I did teach Joe how to drive a trailer. Um, I mean, the problem with Joe is he's just so nice. Like. Most of my funny stories are about people being mean. Joe is just like, like if you're, you know, working at Boyd's with Joe, 
I like wouldn't want to, you know, if it was him and I on a Sunday and I like didn't want to do any of the straw duties, like I would help pick out, but I was like, I'm definitely not doing the straw. I'd be like, Joe, you have to do the straw. And he's just like, okay. I mean, he's literally just the nicest, most helpful kid. Oh, oh good. He's 21 now. He's a, still a kid. Man. Avery. I mean, when you're as old as Avery, Young he's still adult. a kid. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, when you're nearing 50, he's still a kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. The um, oh, oh, there was one more thing I was going to say. Were you there when Sergio was there? Yes. Oh my god. Sergio goodness. was there like the whole time I was there. <sighs> Any stories about Sergio that are PG? <laughs> I mean, definitely not. Like I would just be asking to go to the bathroom and Sergio would be like, "No, can do, girl." <laughs> There's like 10 horses to be ridden. Well, we got to find I'm trying to think about We got to find I know Sergio. When 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 Joe went to groom at the Wellington showcase for William Fox Pitt when he was riding Steady Eddie. Mm-hmm. So Boyd said, hey, Joe, why don't you come on down? And then Sergio was grooming Boyd's horses. And, and you know, they were helping. You know, the, it was, you know, the group. But Joe was like William Fox Pitt's groom. And then next thing you know, <laughs> we look on Facebook. We're getting ready to fly out of Wellington like the morning after oh, yeah. the showcase. Yeah. And we see Boyd's God, put a post this. up. Help wanted, wanted a groom. And we're like, oh, no. <laughs> so we called Boyd. We're like, I hey. remember that. <laughs> So Sergio did not yeah, make it, it out like, of Wellington. I guess something happened there. <laughs> Sergio decided to stay with the show jumpers. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, so yeah. the last photo of 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 uh, of Sergio As employed a, with Windoro with Windoro is with Joe and Sergio with the big check. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. That's such a good photo. Uh, so I know I should have more like funny Boyd stories. I don't. I'm sure I could think of some. I don't know. Boyd is funny. Every day working with Boyd is funny. Do, do you um? Do you miss it? Do you miss the the Windura craziness? I definitely do. Yeah, I definitely do. There was a period of time when I thought, not that long ago, honestly, that I might go back, um, and like base with Boyd again or do something like that, and then it just ended up working out for me to stay, you know, in England. And, um, it's a, you know, the Windura crew is a really special crew and even just like eventing in America. It's, it's so fun. And it was so fun for me. I was actually at the Aiken showcase, I guess, you know, that was just last weekend and I was in Aiken that whole week. And it's like, you don't realize it. it, I mean, it's just so nice when you, when you've been gone and you come back and you like see everyone. Like I'm like literally at Pine Top and within two minutes I see like, like I, I know every single person who walked by, I'm like, oh my God, hi. And I'm like running and giving them a massive yeah. hug, like, and which is just fun. Like it's, it's such a special community and I definitely missed it, you know, being in England and just not knowing anyone. And then, you know, luckily by the end of the season in England, I, ha- you know, have a bunch of friends over there too, but it's different. It's different when you're home yeah and you're just with people who you've known for a really long time and who you you know who support you and who you support so it's definitely a special crew and like you know eventing here is just it's it's special it's really good people and it's it's really fun i'm lucky i'm I'm really glad to be a part of it and to have had it basically 
be the most important thing in my life for a long time. The last 50 years. <laughs> Literally the last 50 years. Actually the last 20, like almost 25, okay? <laughs> that's, that's a good time. That's a good yeah. long time. Well, we never graded her. Long time. We never, oh, we never graded her. No. A plus oh gosh, plus, A plus plus plus. You're, Plus, oh my gosh, yes. Five pluses. <laughs> I love a good 4.0 in my life. The best, the best score of all time. Avery just scored the best yep. score. Ima- imagine that, Karen. Imagine we that. Love you. Oh, yes. She gets extra points. We all points. are the best. I love extra y'all too. Points. Hey, there's, is there any chance we're going to see you at Kentucky? I know you said like next month, but is there any way? Yeah. Well, I think I'll be in route oh, to that's right. You got, a, you got a job mm, to do. That's right. That's right. I have to be my mom's personal assistant. That's right. I forgot. I, hear, I, I know. I listen, well. I, I listen well. I just forget what I listen to. No, you do. I, I think it just, we all forget that they're the weekend after each other. I would love yeah. to be at Kentucky, but I don't think I'm going to swing it this year. And the reason I say this, that's the last time we saw you was in Kentucky a couple of years ago. And yeah. so it was fun to catch up with you, but oh. good times. Kim. Yeah. So Avery, do you have any advice for that young rider trying to make it in a sport? I would say just surround yourself with like the best coaches who you can and never be scared to cold call Boyd Martin and ask for a job. (laughs) And I think too, just like taking advantage of your summers, you know, I think it's easy to be in the situation where you're in school, whether it's like high school, college. And you see a bunch of people who maybe aren't in school who are just riding full time and to feel jealous. Um, But I would say that just like, don't compare yourself to others, like trust your path and, and don't be afraid to like put yourself out there for a summer and call whoever, like everyone needs help. I think that's something that no one understands of like, literally all these riders need help. You're not going to be, you know, riding but you can go and you can learn their program and you can see how their horses are worked every day and like clean a ton of stalls and build a ton of character and I just couldn't recommend to young riders I I I couldn't recommend enough to go be a working student for a summer somewhere and push yourself like be uncomfortable if you're you know if you're just riding with your same trainer for forever I think it's always good experience and most trainers would support you in going to you know, going to spend the summer with someone else or even like a, a winter break. Yeah. I love it. How, how old were you? Were you, you said the Tammy knew you back when you were unorganized and everything. And now you said, I'm organized now. Like when did, when did, did, did like, uh, this might sound like a weird question, but did something click that took you from being like an unorganized young person to, Hey, I'm an adult and I want to, and I want to like have order in my, in my career. It's so funny because I wish that I could say to you that that happened when I was like 17 or something, but I, I truly think like it's just happened in the past, like four or five years, probably. I think when you are like even going to Kentucky, right. That was obviously a very stressful situation work, you know, working for Boyd being at Kentucky. And when you're, when you are working for some of these like big time professionals, it's, you're almost in like survival mode. It's so busy just getting things done that day that have to be done. You don't have a ton of time to like organize your tack trunk and polish your brow band, obviously. Um, so I would say it's it's since I've been working and just having like one or two horses that I've like I have to be organized now. I truly don't. Ha- I don't have the luxury of like being at the barn, you know like being at the barn all day on a Monday and getting organized, I like have to 
put put things back where they belong, which is so funny. Whenever I worked for B and Derek, oh my God, I would never put things back where they went. I mean, I was like 17 at this point. And they made me one time write on a sheet of notebook paper. Everything has a place. And so does everything in its place. Like a hundred times. I was like their child. I mean, and it's like, I think at that time I was like, so frustrated that, you know, with how organized they were, because it was so different than like how I had always functioned. But I think working for them, like brought me into the world of like seeing how, if you were like really organized, that's one thing in your control. You know, it's, it's out of your control. If your horse pulls a shoe, it's out of your control. If your horse has a stone bruise, there's, there's so many things with horses that are totally out of our control. But like one thing me and Derek really taught me is like, you know, being organized and like having all your stuff completely ready the night before is one thing you can do to help be successful. And I feel like I really carried that on. Like I'm like with cleaning my tack, like I'm psycho. It's funny. Everybody at Kevin's makes so much fun of me for like cleaning my tack every day and scrubbing my horse's legs. Cause that's like another B and Derek thing. It's like, just take, you know, scrubbing, having the horses perfectly clean. It's like another thing that them not having skin infections or something like that is something in your control. If you keep them perfectly clean and dry their legs with a towel. And so I think it was kind of beaten into me there during the summers. And then, you know, I think I kind of maybe lost it for a little bit. And I don't think I really was fully understanding of how important that was until just the last few years. Wow. And it's definitely changed my life. Like being, being slightly more organized. I love it. <clears throat> no, I think that that's really cool. It's kind of funny how, yeah, like like there was like a delay fuse on that training from uh, being Derek. There was like a little delay, like, and then later on in life, you get a little older, you're kind of uh, self reliant, you know, and you're like, yeah, I can't stand to see, you know, I got to clean those legs, you know, and I want to make sure my tack is 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 conditioned and clean, and so I get it. Just had a delayed fuse. 100%. <laughs> well, and I think, too, you know, when you're like a kid, I think it's easy to be, you know, less, like you want to be open to help and feedback, but it's, I was, you know, when you're, I feel like the more immature you are, the harder it is to be really open to feedback and be like, wow, you're right. My bridle is really dirty versus now. Um, not that I'm super mature, but I'm probably hopefully slightly more mature. Uh, I'm definitely more grateful for that time and like looking back on it with you know using it now in my everyday life whereas maybe for a few years there I didn't really use it yeah. it's like all of us have these parents you know we all have like coaches who are like parents like family and it's easy sometimes to roll your eyes at them and then you look back five years later and I'm like thank god Derek DeGrazia taught me how to fold a towel and would like <laughs> be very unhappy when I folded the towels backwards because now I fold all my towels the right way and it looks much prettier you know just funny things like that in the moment you're like fuming that you're getting lectured for folding a towel and then five years later you're like wow I'm really glad and I think it's that too it's like you realize that for somebody to like lecture you about all these things they actually really care because if they didn't care they wouldn't say anything they would just let you have dirty boots and like let you have your hair hanging out of your helmet. So I think that's my thing too, is like, it's like showing that you care and like looking professional and then just listening to people. 
I can't believe she rolled her eyes at Derek DeGrazia. How dare you? Oh, it was it was definitely behind his back. <laughs> Let's be real. That seventeen year old girl roll your eyes. Now listen, right I know, when he walks away thing. I know for sure that B listens to this show, so she's hearing all this. Gonna oh, B's gonna B. love it. She's gonna be like, "Oh my god." Just don't come back to California, please. We, we're not ready for you. <laughs> and B has actually made some guest suggestions. And B, if you're listening, we have we have contacted your suggestions mm-hmm. and have not been reciprocated the contact. Is right. that the right yes. way? Yes, I, I think I'm putting that in a weird way. Yeah, we emailed your people. You just, they didn't message us back. Yeah, we haven't heard back yet. So, so. B, we listened. You to need you. to CCB on that email. CCB Ooh. on it. Ooh. Oh yeah. Well, we need to get people in trouble. That's a good flex. <laughs> B said you need to come on our show. <laughs> so, well, we we'll have a contact in the that's UK. Right. Yeah, there we go. In Avery in terms of having, agent. yeah, you could be our. Agent. I can be y'all's liaison. There you go. <laughs> you got a man I'll on the inside. I'll talk to whoever. Now. I'll I'll just walk up to their Lori and be like, "Hey, Ollie, there you go. You need to be on this podcast." Yeah, well, Come they don't on, realize the do power, it. the power we have. <laughs> yeah. We have the power of the immense, pod, whatever that is. <laughs> worldwide, immense, worldwide power, Karen. Yeah, you have some serious coverage. Serious coverage. Uh, uh, yes, yeah. like a hundred and I think last time I checked, we were in 115 countries. So this is well, y'all just need to come to the UK. Yeah, that's come to the UK and come to some of the big events with your tailgate. Yeah, that's what we want to do. You know, Chris Ryan invited us to come stay. Chris Ryan invited us to stay at Scartine. Mm -hmm. Then I found out he invites everybody. So then I don't know if it was that special of an invitation from Chris. (laughs) You know, Chris Ryan definitely was special. (laughs) It was totally personal. (laughs) The ones are sincere, right? We'll come crash on Avery's uh, floor or her we'll, couch. We'll sleep in her lorry. You'll sleep in your lorry. <laughs> hey, does everyone have I know. A... I don't even have a lorry, but maybe I'm, Kevin's pretty generous with his lorry floor space, so I'm sure we can make room. Does everyone pretty much have living quarters in their lorries over there? Is that kind of... or Everyone. Yeah. Like with kitchens and stoves. Like the most British thing I ever did, which is so funny because it wasn't even for British people. It was for Australians. But Kev, I was like driving home from our first event. And I was like sitting in the back of the lorry and it's Kevin and Lucy and they're like, can you make us tea? I literally made them tea while driving with like the, I guess it was with the gas stove. So yeah, it's like full kitchen. It's pretty nice. So you just like eat all your meals in there and have a big fridge and shower and nice. it's like a, it's like have a house on wheels. Is tea time a special time? Is there a set tea time out there? Okay. I, yeah, I would say so. Tea time is like all day. I mean, those people <laughs> guzzle the tea and I don't even mean those people as in the Brits. I just mean anyone living in England is just, they're, they're like loving their tea. Is the tea better um, out there? I don't even drink tea. <laughs> I know I need to start because it's like so annoying having to explain to people that you don't drink it. Cause they're very judgmental if you don't drink tea. Um, so I'll start drinking tea next year, but, uh, they definitely have like a tea time breakfast in the morning, which is fun because all the yards also have kitchens. So like our yard has a a kitchen with like a big table and like a stove and a big fridge. So the whole yard has breakfast together, which I didn't really attend because I was like on a totally weird schedule, but it's definitely like, it's like family. It's just, it's very much like eating breakfast together, 
you know, drinking tea, all that. It's cool. It's like a different, you know, it's a different kind of closeness when you, it's like that routine of every morning they do the yard, bring the horses in, feed, clean, muck out, and then all have breakfast together. And everybody kind of brings stuff all week. Like somebody will bring two loaves of bread and somebody will bring a dozen eggs and somebody will bring cereal and somebody brings milk. So it's like a potluck, a, a weekly people bring a ton of stuff and then everybody eats it all week. Gotcha. That sounds fun. Very hospitable. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. fun. That sounds good. Well, there we go. Well, we can adapt that. Good little tea time in yeah. the States. I like tea. I mean, if y'all show up to a horse show and you um, just bring like toast and tea in England, you'll be surrounded. <laughs> toast and tea. Everybody will just want your toast. Like literally, that's all you need to make friends in England is like offer people toast and tea. I drink sleep and you'll tea. you'll be in. Yeah, there we go. Well, you'll have to get on that morning I don't even know what it's called. The morning tea, morning roast, black roast or something. Right, there we go. Mm. Well, morning tea. Earl, Earl Gray. Earl Gray. Yeah, Gray. I like there Earl Gray. All right, there we go. So, hey, we'll start winding things down. One last question. Just you're going on this trip. Do, I, I, I don't know. Do you have like a writing page or any type of social people follow or do you accept people or, or how does this work? How can people follow your adventures? I'm I have my Hinsta, my horse Insta, <laughs> which is. Ave Klondike under dash eventing. And I'm honestly like so bad about posting on it. I don't do like normal updates. I mostly just post like really funny captions with like pictures from nine months ago. Um, so that's really it. I'm good about posting on my stories when I'm, you know, riding. So yeah, I would say follow my, follow my Hinsta. All right. The Hinsta it is. And that's the Hinsta. <laughs> how do you Hinsta spell time. that? A, a, how do you spell it? Just spell it out so everyone can just... Oh, A-V-E-K-L-O-N-D-I-K-E, underdash eventing. All right. All right. That's my handle, Rob. That's the handle. <laughs> I'm going to look that up right now. Do I, are we following that on Major League? You better be following that. Uh, so Joe, Joey, uh, Joey oh. texted me. Oh, Joe has a question. We in, no, it was, no. It, we already asked the question. Oh, okay. He, uh, he, he asked how you handle your job. Um, it wasn't anything even funny. It was just boring. How do you? Inv- he knows all about you. you're an investment manager and the whole thing. So, oh, Joey. Joey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I appreciate you always being kind to mm-hmm. Joe. You, he, yeah. Joe, Joey always had nice things to say yep, about you. So. He did. You well, I love Joey, and that's one last thing I would say is like I think our you know, going back to the thing of like, most people are pretty happy to take your call. Like anyone who you would reach out to, um, no matter how random you are and no matter where you're from is, you know, I think people in our community are happy to help. And I think that's one more thing I would like encourage young riders or anyone who's, Oh my gosh, I want to ride, but I also want to go to college. And I think I want to work, but I want to ride. There's all, you know, there's a ton, there's a bunch of people who do it. And I, I, had so much help from mentors who had really intense jobs and who competed at high levels. And I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for their time that they took my calls and just really were so helpful. And so that's what I would say too. I'm always happy to help to any, you know, help chat with any kid who's in school and struggling with the time management or who just finished and like misses riding so much and is trying to figure out a way to get plugged into it because I've, I've totally been there and I, you know, I wouldn't have probably made it through if it wasn't for people helping me. So 
I'm happy to help. And I know there's a ton of people out there who are always happy to, to lend advice to anyone's, you know, struggles. See, that's why we love her, Karen. Yes. She's the best. Well, Karen, this is fantastic. It right? is. It is. It was Avery, great catching up. It was great catching up. Oh, my gosh. It was so nice catching up with y'all. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. To learn more about Major League Eventing, go to MajorLeagueEventing.com and join our mailing list to get all the Major League Eventing updates. Cheers. <laughs>